0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets.
1: So, you know, Corey Johnson, it is all about self driving cars.
2: Carol, imagine what it's all about.
1: What's it all
0: about?
2: Our anniversary. Why? Today. Are you serious? Two years in the radio together.
1: No way. 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 How'd that happen?
2: You, me, Paul Brennan, Charlie Volmer.
1: Wow, Bloomberg Radio. Yeah. Flowers, champagne, and what you get?
2: Charlie Pellet.
1: Charlie Pellet.
2: Charlie's Charlie, our two-year
0: anniversary. You guys have put up with me for two whole years. A big hug in compliance with HR rules. <laughs> For a change of my part. <laughs> For a change, exactly. All right. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all moving lower right now. The S&P down 5 to 23.94. That is a drop of 2 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 13 to 61.15, a drop there of 2 tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials down 23, a drop there of 1 tenth of 1%. So stocks pulling back from records today. A barrel of crude moved higher. West Texas intermediate up 49 cents to 47.82. Uh, that was a gain of 1.4%. We did hear from Nordstrom moments ago. It is not escaping retail's steady decline, becoming the latest department store to post weak quarterly sales. The Seattle-based company posted first quarter earnings that missed Wall Street estimates as comparable store sales declined nine-tenths of 1%. The shares are extending their earlier decline down as much as 7% after our hours hours. He- in mind that Nordstrom today was down 7.6%. Macy's posted a 46 decline in comparable sales last quarter. Macy's shares plunging today by 17%, taking other retailers with it. As for the outlook for retail in the U.S., Howard Davidowitz is the chairman of Davidowitz & Associates and he told us new malls that's just not happening. The mall of 2017 doesn't exist because we're not building any enclosed malls. Zero. We're at level zero. We have to to close malls. We have to change malls. So there aren't any malls. We're dramatically overstored. We're dramatically overmalled. The whole thing doesn't make sense. There has to be a huge adjustment take place. And again, Macy's plunging 17 percent. This update brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit Sector or SPDRS.com or call one 866 sector ETF again. Recapping: S and P down two ten to one percent. Gold up five ten to one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets live from General Electric's interim headquarters in Boston. And this is Bloomberg. I
3: come on now, he's on now.
2: Yeah, he's not down the road. Well, that's the whole point of self-driving cars, and that is the, uh, the uh, uh, job of a uh, newtonomy, an interesting company here based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, Carl Young-Yama joins us right now. He's uh, the CEO, and uh, you guys actually were on the road before Uber uh, with, a, with a test of a self-driving car.
3: We were. We launched the world's first open-to-the-public self-driving uh, pilot program. This was in Singapore. Last year. Last summer, right? Yeah. We wanted to let people, you know, everyday people on the street, not engineers and experts, we wanted to let them experience the technology. I mean, everybody's heard about self-driving cars, but very few people have actually sat in one and been taken for a ride. And it's terrifying. Yes and no. (laughs) I'll tell you what we found. Uh, You know, people get in a self-driving car. The moment they see that steering wheel start to turn by itself, they often get a little nervous. You see people, you know, clutching for something to hold on to. But very quickly, and I'm talking after a couple of minutes, people typically relax. They start looking at their phone. They start looking out the window. And uh, it's just any other car ride.
1: i got to tell you, I mean, my car does self-parking, right? So I do it. And the first couple of times I was freaked out and I'm watching Mm -hmm. it. You get kind of lazy and you're like, this works. I don't really have to worry. And, yeah, I look over and I make sure nobody's behind me and all that good stuff. But you do relax into it and have faith in the vehicle.
3: That's right. So the burden on companies like ours, Nutonomy, you know, as a software company developing this technology, you have to make sure it's safe, you have to make sure it's comfortable, and so you have to make sure the person in that car feels confident in the technology. But we found when they've got that confidence, they're going to be willing to use this technology as a service, as part of their everyday lives.
2: Uh, it's, it's interesting, too. Uh, so why are you guys here in Cambridge? You're a Michigander, mm-hmm. uh, you, but uh, there's a lot of automotive people there. Mm-hmm. Why are you in Cambridge?
3: So I came out to the East Coast to go to graduate school. You know, I grew up uh, near Detroit. At that time, the auto industry was not the most exciting place in the world from a technology perspective. I thought, I'm going to go do something different. So I did my Ph.D. at MIT, and then I founded a robotics lab. So for 10 years of my life, I was developing robotics technology. As it turns out, self-driving cars are basically robots on wheels. Right. So all the technology I was developing at MIT and my co-founder was developing at MIT has gone into our self-driving technology.
1: How do we figure out though all the variables when it comes to self-driving cars? Right, like that whole idea of there's a dog on one side and a woman with a baby carriage on the other side, and you've got to avoid hitting one of them. Like, how do we get to that point where a vehicle can make the right decision?
3: Yeah, yeah, you're you're touching on this ethical question of how can the car make an ethical judgment about that know, a brain what's-
1: that a brain could make instantaneously.
3: That a brain could make. I would argue often we don't. You know, as human drivers, I think it's rare you'd find someone to make a sound, ethical decision in a split second. But the fact is, from a technical perspective, we're not yet close to that point. I mean, we're at the stage today where we're trying to get the cars to drive safely and reliably in pretty benign driving conditions. Mm -hmm. We're not in Times Square at noon. We're not in New Delhi. Right. You know, we're in places like the Boston Seaport where the traffic's a little lighter. We're in places like Singapore where people obey the rules of the road.
2: Um, What is the hardest
3: technological challenge uh, with this? You know, it's dealing with the unknown. So what these cars are good at, they're good at uh, driving in places where they've driven before and dealing with scenarios that they've seen before. When they see something new, it's hard for these cars to adapt. So it's hard for them to really extrapolate. So I'll give you an example. You know, a car driving down Summer Street outside the studio here in Boston, they could drive down Summer Street a 100 times, you know, in one day, no problem. The next day, let's say there's construction on Summer Street and there's a police officer, you know, conducting traffic, using hand signals to tell cars, you know, hold on or now you can go. The car would look at this police officer and say, wait a second, yesterday I knew how to do this. Today I'm faced with an entirely new scenario, and I've got to interpret that scenario, and that's hard.
4: Well,
1: it's interesting that you say because even like my Uber ride over here, um, the map said one thing, and then the road was closed because of construction, and so we had to kind of move around. Great example. Um, and so you would have thought, I mean, that wasn't updated. So it, it makes right. me a little nervous about.
3: Yeah, It's a technological hurdle. It's yeah. one we'll overcome, but we're not quite there yet. It's one of the hard problems today.
2: I would, I'll bet your hardest problem is hiring. We've about 20 seconds left.
3: Hiring? Hiring. Hiring, uh, I tell you, it's, it's an arms race. And it's an arms race not just for auto companies, but for yeah. tech companies and every company in between. Everybody wants these robotic experts. We're lucky that we've got about a hundred of them.
2: Carl Yanyema. Uh, Chief Executive Officer of Natalami. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Cool Thank stuff.
1: You. Hey, we've got a headline crossing the Bloomberg Terminal. Cigna can walk away from its merger with Anthem, a Delaware judge ruling almost three months after another court blocked the deal as anti-competitive. The ruling today means Anthem could be on the hook for $1.85 billion in breakup fees and $13 billion in damages to Cigna, which had argued that it would, uh, its would-be partner was too stubborn to see that the concerns about competition were insurmountable. It is time for a check on your world and national news headlines. Nate Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nathan.
4: Hi, Carol. Thanks. Another headline crossing the Bloomberg. President Trump is scrapping plans to visit the FBI tomorrow. You may recall White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders had said the president was thinking of hitting the bureau's headquarters as a morale boost after the firing of FBI Director James Comey, but NBC News is now reporting the president's been told he probably would not be well-received. The White House had also said Comey had lost the confidence of the rank-and-file, and that was one reason for the president's decision to let him go. Acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe was asked about that at a Senate intelligence hearing today.
3: Director Comey enjoyed broad support within the FBI. And still does to this
4: day. As for replacements, White House officials say President Trump is considering former House Intelligence Chief Mike Rogers and ex-New York City Police Commissioner Ray Kelly to be the next head of the FBI. Rogers left Congress in 2015 to pursue a career in talk radio. He advised the Trump transition on national security when New Jersey Governor Chris Christie was in charge of the transition. NASA is looking to upgrade its computer systems. The language they run on is more than 30 years old the space agency is running a unique contest to give them an update. They
1: are trying to get um, volunteers, U.S. citizens specifically, who are over 18, to help upgrade this code from modern Fortran to something um, more um, modern.
4: Bloomberg government's Laura Christ. Global news 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists
3: and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.